Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, how are you? Oh, me? I'm the co-host of the Star Wars Minute. It's your daily podcast in which we analyze, we scrutinize, and we celebrate The Force Awakens one minute at a time. I'm Alex Robinson from comicbookalex.com. I'm Pete the Retailer from PeteTheRetailer.com. And I'm Ralph Atanasia from TV's Cake Boss and Buddy vs. Duff. Welcome back. Hey, guys, how's it going? This is a pretty exciting, dramatic minute you got here. Oh, my goodness. You know who's in this minute? Who? Luke Skywalker. What? This is pretty cool. Well, you must be talking about minute 127. Yeah, that's the minute we're on right now. Minute 127 starts off with uh, a lone cloaked figure about, hmm, I'll say about 50 feet away from the camera. And it ends a minute later, and we are catapulted into the sky with an unusual helicopter shot of Luke and Ray on the top of uh, Mount Achtu. That is a weird-ass shot to end the movie on, isn't it? It's yeah, jumping ahead a little bit. I can't think of too many other helicopter shots, or I'm sure it's drone shot, but uh, I can't think of too many others in Star Wars. It almost... Like, I don't think there are I, any. I almost would have preferred just like a good two shot of them looking at each other. But, you know, I'm not a cinematographer. I don't know how it works. Well, we do get one first. We get the one kind of like it it threw me off a little bit because the math of the layout, uh, you know, the framing is weird because I was like, wait, this is off. They're not like the the placement of the figures in the in the frame bothers me. And I was trying to figure out what it was. In uh, that drone shot? No, no, before that. We we do get a kind of, you know, two shot. We get the, the kind of slightly long shot with... Oh, know, see, with I thought that... Ray approaching and uh, and Luke is standing there looking at her. And they're, they're... I'm looking at it again and I'm like, oh, all right. Well, they are kind of like at the right, you know, the rule of thirds kind of positioning. But the, the thing is, they're not uh, on the same plane... Uh, and it's not a plane, it's a helicopter, but they're not on the same kind of level. No, I, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I realized that it's because um, Luke has the high ground. Because oh. mm-hmm. you want them to be in those little pinpoints, you know, in the grid, but... Uh, yeah. See, I thought Luke is, is framed rather nicely in that shot, though. He's in this little nook. There's like a rock on to his left, and then there's, you know, like a, a little ridge of cliff that goes off to his right, and he's just framed in this little U that's like cut out there. Yeah. There's a little tiny neat. rock there, too. Do you see on the on the ground next to his feet? There's like a little tiny rock that almost looks like 
like a little mini me Luke. Like it's a, it's the same color as his, his vestments. <laughs> no, I didn't notice that at all. <laughs> I recall there being a lot of speculation that that was a, a gravestone that he was standing at someone's grave. And that's what, that's what that rock thing is. Cause you can, you can almost see it does almost look like it's like a carved thing, but uh, obviously if it was, it didn't, it turned out to be not important a, to the story. It's at the, all. Uh, the gravestone of the expanded universe. Oh, it's Mara Jade's yeah. grave. <laughs> R.I.P. Jason Skywalker. Man, people are really bent out of shape about that. Here and uh, the EU. It never existed. Goodbye, yeah. horse pilot, man. I just got to say, I don't care. <laughs> like, and I read I all care. those books. Oh, my golly. <laughs> like, I read all those books... Uh, the bulk of them aren't very good. There are some that I really enjoyed and some that I really treasure, even though they were quite bad. And like, wh- whatever, man, like I-, I have those memories and I just don't care that they're not canon anymore. Hmm. Yeah. You can still read them, you know. I heard yeah. that somebody told me that. I don't know if that's uh, that's true or not, but I, they're out there. I heard you can still read and enjoy books, even if they uh, are not considered to have actually happened you heard it here first folks mm-hmm. well um one thing uh, i will say about uh the big luke reveal mm-hmm. um this is one thing that was uh was spoiled for me because there was a picture that was leaked of luke's jedi costume that made its way around the internet and, you know it's one of those things where you don't want to see it but once you see it you can't you know you can't right. you know once it's in the right there, it just draws yeah you so, uh, which is funny. It's ironic that it's probably the biggest spoiler of the movie because Luke's not literally not in it until the very last frames of the movie. So that was the thing that got spoiled for me. Obviously, it didn't. It's not a huge part, but uh, but uh, I kind of wish I didn't happen because it would. This would have been a nice reveal if that hadn't happened. I probably would have forgot Luke was in it up until this point. Yeah, yeah. I I, I actually had that note because I remember watching it being in the theater and being like, oh right, Luke. So it's talking about like things that were spoiled for you. Uh, it just made me think of the first time I was on this show mm-hmm. was like right around the time that this movie was released. Because mm. we were, it was, uh, I think it was like around Christmas time. And we were simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Yeah, about three, four years ago. And uh, yeah, we were, we were just discussing our first impressions of the movie and then saying, save it, save it, we'll get there. And now here we are years later yeah. actually doing that. Crazy. This is a thing that uh, is, is a little, I don't want to say a noise, but confuses me. Maybe confuses is wrong, too. In this scene, there's uh, just a, like a completely invisible special effect. Like Luke's hand, you know, his, his robot hand is, is clearly, it's a computer-generated hand. But it's just such a seamless part of the world that it doesn't distract you from anything. It's, it's a special effect that just goes by completely unnoticed. Uh, yeah, because it's just real, you know, but in the same shot when he's like pulling his hood down away from his head, you can see where the, the costume department like put a little stitch or pin or something to hold his robe in place so that it didn't flap open while he was pulling the hood down. Oh, yeah, so, look at that. Yeah. So his cloak over his robes, like when he pulls away, you can see where it's like tacked there so that it stays in just the perfect right spot. And it's just they managed to seamlessly and perfectly create this impossible robotic hand <laughs> and they messed up the stitch. 
Maybe they put the hand in there to distract you from the stitch. They're all really, sitting there looking at it going, we can't there. reshoot that. No one's going to be looking at that. They're just going to be looking at his robot hand. Yeah. Wait, was it Oral Knots or who who posted a ridiculous version of this? With that like, sounds like something Oral Knots would have done. I don't. I don't think the sound was that different. But there's like I think they used like like Luke's wearing you know like like you know uh, like Venetian blinds glasses or something like that. And there's something like something <laughs> lighting up and. I don't even know how to look for it now, but there's a. There, I remember this just ridiculous version of this this scene when Luke first turns and and uh, I want to find that. I wonder. All right, I'll do try to do some research. Are they the ones who did? What's the What's the one? It was like the last laser fighter or something yeah. where like that his lightsaber always goes to the end of the frame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ah, that's a good time. Mm-hmm. Are you looking it up, Pete? No. Oh, okay. I'll do it. I'll do it Let's say, Alex, you and I, we could just vamp until... Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so Star Wars, huh? Here's something kind of interesting I learned um, while researching this minute. There was apparently, at some point, an, a, um, a slight alteration to the end of this movie in that when uh, Ray was going to be walking up behind him, there were going to be rocks floating around him. You know what I mean? Like he was levitating them. And uh, they weren't sure whether they were going to do it or not. And then because, you know, they were writing The Last Jedi while this was being um, filmed. The, right. well, this, and so once they came up with the plot line about Luke being separated from the force, they're like, OK, well, we can't have him levitating the rocks at the end because then that would, you know. So they took out the part about the, him floating the rocks at the end because it would have contradicted what was going on in uh, Last Jedi. Also, it's cheaper that way. Right. It's true. <laughs> Looking to save, uh, save whatever budget they can. Like we spent all that money on that robot hand. Well, actually, yeah. that's that's why they chose this location because there are floating rocks. So after they picked that, they had to go in and digitally erase all the rocks that were floating around. <laughs> Replace them with puffins. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so uh, we had yeah, a lot of and- we had a lot of rocks floating everywhere, and we we put little digital costumes on them and called them rorgs. <laughs> And uh, so one thing that's kind of interesting about that is that if you're watching the movie, you might have the question about why, why didn't Luke go to save Han? You know, wouldn't he have sensed a disturbance in the force? But now when you see this, you'd know, ah, he has himself cut off from the force. That's why he didn't feel Han getting killed is because he was, you know, he, he turned off. He's on, he's on uh, silent. He's on airplane mode. Right. Do not disturb. Yeah, exactly. So, oh my gosh, when he turns it back on, he's going to have so many messages from people. (laughs) Hey kid, it's on. I'm in trouble. Come save me. Kill me. Hi, honey. It's Mara. Just like, oh god. <laughs> it was as though an entire cannon suddenly shouted out at once and was suddenly silenced. Uh, and Mark Hamill, of course, did not like the ending uh, of this movie. He was kind of. Uh, or, or was, I guess, more dissatisfied with... Uh, he he would have wanted Luke to save Han. He would have wanted Luke to show up and save Han. What do you guys think, uh, what do you guys think about that? Um, I... Narratively, I, I think I understand why they did it. We talked about it, I think, a little bit earlier, that they, mm. you know... Uh, they wanted this to be, uh, you know, the beginning of a handoff. They wanted, you know, they wanted it to be about the new characters. And if you have yeah. the old gang back together, then it's not 
about the new characters. Yeah, you don't really need the new characters. You get the the new characters just kind of, you know, going place to place and kind of meeting the old characters, the old gang. And I get yeah, it. it. It is frustrating that they never, like, we never see them reunited. Now they never can be again. Mm-hmm. Well, of course uh, haven't. Oh, sure. Hmm. You think they'll be at the end of episode nine? There'll be like a like a Ewok celebration, you know, ghost party style. Uh, Han and Leia and Luke kind of on a log, giving Ray a thumbs up. I think I think Lando. episode nine will end with some kind of Force ghost appearance. Yeah, and hopefully Lando will be eating delicious stormtroopers again. Oh sure, and nine num <laughs> and wedge. Yeah, we'll be eating a good wedge. Mm. <laughs> oh. Oh man, uh, I'm really disappointed that Wedge isn't in these movies. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, what are you gonna do? I love Wedge. Although, I would have loved to have seen like a Wedge spinoff movie. Something you just said made me think that it would be neat. I it could be sacrilege to many people, but I would love to see uh, Admiral Wedge of the First Order. Like he flips. Whoa! Oh, that would be awesome. That's I would cry. Idea. Yeah, I would have cried. But he, you know, somewhere the the politics of you know he's not down with the uh, when the the rebellion becomes the republic. He worries they're getting too kind of staid and and uh, set in the too much like the old republic, and it's not going to work. So he goes with the first order because they're a little more action to do. Oh, plus he's broke. older. Would have broke my dang heart. But it would be a cool I thought you were going to. I thought it was more of a personal thing. Like he was sick of getting. Like I don't want to be in Luke Skywalker's shadow all the time. I should have gotten a medal that day. Yeah, yeah. yeah he should have gotten a medal that day. A lot of people should have gotten medals that day. You don't stay to the end. Early. You don't get a medal. Han and Chewie just literally just showed up for the last second and got a medal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know who I would have cast as as Wedge too? If you were gonna like, if you had to recast him, it is Wedge Clark too. Gregg. Hmm. Who? Clark Gregg, the guy who played Shields? Agent Coulson. Yeah. Huh. He seems uh, suitably bland. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the thing with Wedge, like, all due respect to Den- actor Dennis Lawson, you'd never really, other than one shot, you never see him without his helmet off. You'd really recast that pretty easily. And, like, yeah. Wouldn't well, be mean, that hard of it. The fact that there were three different. Four different wedges, <laughs> right? Three or four? I can't remember. Uh, I think it was three. You might be right. Uh, different. Maybe wedges. It was like a stunt double or something, and but... none of us really noticed. <laughs> Goes to show you that you yeah. could probably replace Wedge pretty easily. Yeah, <clears throat> they could probably find another actor named Dennis Lawson and cast him, and no one would realize. <laughs> I was trying to make a Lawson space joke, and nothing was coming. Oh, that's a good one. Have you guys seen the new Lost in Space, just as a sidebar? I no, I haven't. Well, I mean, it's relatively new, new to you. Hmm? <clears throat> uh, I just no, don't I have, haven't heard many people talking about it. and That's unusual for a sci-fi show. Yeah, I heard it was okay-ish. Hmm. Uh, so the other thing that... Oh, go ahead, Pete. No, no. I was gonna say, the, problem is there's, the problem is there's too much stuff around so things that are yeah, true. okay pretty good that we would have totally latched onto, you know 10 years yeah. ago yeah. now they they like you know the things that are great we don't even have time for so yeah silver metal doesn't cut it anymore nope 
So you think uh, you think Luke's going to take that uh, laser sword from that lady? Hmm. I think he'll reach out to touch it, and when he does, he will experience a crazy hallucination flashback that will fill us in on everything that happened in the previous. You know what I mean? It's like previously on Star Wars, and then fill us in on everything. That would be helpful. It would be. We find out who Ray's parents were and all that stuff, but right, because Ray had a little bit of one of those. So you'd think yeah. Luke is—he's way better at space wizards than than Ray is. So like, he would have a real good, real good uh, vision. Here's another. I don't know why all my ideas today involve people turning evil, but uh, <laughs> what if, like, you know, she's reaching out to give him the lightsaber, and he just, you know, the first thing of Episode Eight was he just whips out his own lightsaber and and attacks her. She's got to defend herself suddenly with mm-hmm. with the lightsaber, and then it turns into a, a lightsaber duel. He's got a three bladed red lightsaber. What three? Three like yeah. in parallel or three like at odd angles. Uh, like a giant fork. Like a yeah, like, like, a, like a well. It's even more. There's even more of them than Darth yeah. Maul had, but not as many yeah. as General Grievous. It's like one, one more, isn't it? It's like one more powerful, isn't it? Yeah. I think the most blades we've seen a guy have so far is four, though. So he'd have to have five, like one in each hand, one on each foot, and then one just coming straight out of the top of his head. <laughs> That's that true. Pulled on you an article about. Uh, the uh, you know CEO of Gillette saying like screw it let's just put one on the handle. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well done, well done that old Onion article. <laughs> uh, apparently, Mark Hamill did not like this shooting location because of all the stairs. He is old, and I was surprised about that because I would have yeah. So uh, apparently. Uh, the cr- everyone else on the crew was given 45 minutes to climb up the stairs. Mark Hamill was given an hour and a half to climb up the stairs. It's a long time. <laughs> it's a long time. long time. I could see why he wouldn't want to have to climb an hour and a half every morning to get to work. That would, they couldn't like, just their calves would be like rocks. They couldn't just put him in Daisy Ridley's backpack. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Yoda would have done it. Yeah, like a boss. <laughs> I wish we had seen other people riding in random backpacks in the prequels. You know what I mean? Like, I wish <laughs> I wish all the Padawans had to carry around their masters in backpacks. Oh, man. Or just some, some master blaster type relationship between some characters. <laughs> and just, that would have been cool. Like a symbiont, two, two creatures that shared one kind of brain. That would be awesome. Yeah, or even just some guy being carried around by another guy. Like on, uh, what's, it, what's the station there in... Uh, not Tatooine where Jakku where this thing starts little town there the hell's it the called Nima Outpost that's the guy right I mean you got the one guy whose arms are like a bulldozer and then there's another guy who's yeah. just a robe <laughs> that's Obi-Wan Kenobi oh yeah <laughs> he's just drunk <laughs> seem to have misplaced my keys my keys <laughs> So, so the, the idea of Luke Skywalker showing up to save Han Solo, um, I, I thought it would be a funny thing if, like, a Jedi, let's say a Jedi is sitting at home, and suddenly he's like, oh, my gosh, beat the retail, I got a bad feeling. And then suddenly, like, Obi-Wan just shows up at your house. Would you be, like, freaked out if suddenly a Jedi shows up for no reason? And you're like, no, no, just happened to be in the neighborhood. You know, like, I'd be scared because you know they're coming just because you had a bad feeling about, about they had a bad feeling about. 
you know. Wait, who am I yeah. in the scenario? Yeah, I got lost in that one too. <laughs> You're you. I'm me. Okay. Okay. Imagine if suddenly Obi, if Luke Skywalker shows up at your door and he was, you were like, "Well, Luke, what are you doing here?" He's like, "Oh, nothing. I just, I just happen to be here because you'd be nervous that he. Every time a Jedi showed up unannounced, you'd be concerned that they were having a bad feeling and were coming to protect you from something. Uh, is what I'm saying. Does that make sense? So they can't just like drop by. Well, no, if they did, you would assume that it was because they, at least I would assume it was because they had a bad feeling. Honestly, I would assume that they were there to cut off one of my arms. <laughs> Either way, I guess maybe that's what they had the bad feeling about. That's that, their that go-to. They going to cut off one of your arms. I got a bad feeling. There are too many arms in that house. Yeah. That's one arm too many. <laughs> that's why, that's why Grievous was such a great villain for Obi-Wan to fight. He was just all arms. They should have had to fight someone who could like instantly regenerate their arms, you know, like a, oh, yeah. like a like a Wolverine, basically. And then like every time he cut off his arm, a new one would just, you know, and, and sprout out of his hand. You know, and that's why that's why Obi-Wan's got that little smile in that scene when like Gravis disjoints all of his arms and starts spinning the, the sabers around. He's just like, look at all those delicious arms. <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> You could. There's leg men, breast men, but me, mm, I'm an arm guy. <laughs> Just can't resist. The lure of a luscious arm. <laughs> I'm thinking like if if this is like a whole like Jedi Order wide epidemic because I don't like to think about Yoda cutting somebody's arm off. For some reason, that's really upsetting to me. Really? Yeah. I don't like it. He's such a little guy. Who else? Does anybody else cut off? Uh, well, we know what is it? Mace Windu is more about heads, right? Mace Windu cuts off the head. Mace Windu gets his arm cut off. That's true. Right. But you know that like when they were making that deal with Wado, Qui-Gon Jinn was going, I could just cut off his arm. I could just cut it off right now. <laughs> it's a really tiny arm, though. It would be difficult. No, it wouldn't. He's a Jedi. He's got space wizard magic. Wait, Watto's a Jedi? Oh, you mean no. Qui-Gon Jinn. What is this? I'm kind of Jedi? Wait, yeah, he's waving his hand around like that. Couldn't muster the the the. Uh, some kind of Jedi. There you go. Perfect. I did want to. Uh, I did want to give a a, a tip. <laughs> oh no, Ralph is dying. Hey, Watto really okay, takes Ralph? it. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. Well, you sorry, know. you were tipping. <clears throat> You were tipping your hat to somebody. That's why we have a rule around here. No, Watto. I was tipping my hat to uh, the emotions on uh, Mark Hamill's face here. Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, just conveying confusing because it's good. It's not clearly one emotion or another, which is what's called for in this instant. Yeah. It's like kind of sad, but kind of like scared, but kind of interested. They're like Mark, could you just make a face? Because well, they 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 must not have known what was like. What did they tell Mark Hamill? Like, what's your motivation? Are you happy to see Ray? Are you, you know what I mean? Like, what's so they probably just had him do a little bit of everything. That way, no matter what happened, you could say, "Oh, look, you could totally see it in his face in this scene." That that you know, <laughs> and it's, it's like that the... and turn around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's there's a famous early silent film where they. Uh, it's just a, an actor of the day just looking at the camera, not making any emotion. 
but they would show it to, I don't remember if they showed it to the audiences differently or if they interposed it with different things, but like they'd have a shot of like, like you know, a sandwich or something. And it would cut back to this guy staring into the camera and everybody was just like, Oh my God, he looks so hungry. But then they'd have the same shot. And then it would be interposed with like, you know, it would be cut with a shot of a woman looking back at him and like, Oh, oh he looks so in love, but he was just looking with like a, a neutral expression. And everybody saw, you know, talked about what a great actor he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I wish I remembered more of that mm-hmm. so that, um, it was content. Um, <laughs> It's I think it's called the uh oh no wait. Uh, yeah. I think it I might think just be called, called the stare the, or something. The Kuleshov effect. Oh. He edited a short film, a shot of the expressionless face of Tsarist matinee idol Ivan Oh, I'm not gonna be able to do this one. Masjukine. Nailed it. Masjukine was uh, alternated nope. with various other shots. A plate of soup, a girl in a coffin, a woman on a divan. The film was shown to an audience who believed that the expression on his face was different each time he appeared, depending on whether he was looking at the plate of soup, the girl on the coffin, or the woman on the divan, uh, showing huh. an expression of hunger, grief, desire, or desire, respectively. The footage of uh, Masjukine was actually the same shot. Worse every time. time. Yeah. Um, and they described how uh, the audience raved about the acting, the heavy pensiveness of his mood <laughs> over the forgotten soup, and they were touched and moved by the deep sorrow with which he looked on the dead child and noted the lust with which he observed in the woman. Uh, but we know that in all three cases, the face is exactly the same. And that is, I believe, what's going on here exactly. Yeah, I very nearly remembered that. Yeah. I almost paid attention in that film course I took in high school, uh, college. That's what it is, college. Not to brag, but uh, I did go to some college. There you go. Some. Between the three of us, we did figure that out, though, so that's great. Yeah, you know what? I'm proud of us, you guys. I think. You know what? Everyone award yourself 100 points. All right. Um, I think Pete's still in the lead. Well, b- between uh, episodes, we need to put our heads together and see if we can figure out that uh, Luke with the crazy glasses thing. <laughs> Okay. Well, uh, so I want to hurry up and do that, but do we have anything else for minute 127? Um, no. I don't think so. Seven feet. I did write slowly right. I turned, but... <laughs> Niagara Falls! <laughs> this, the references that we've been making this episode, this show could just be three 95-year-old men. <laughs> I think, yeah, we need more... Silent uh, movies, vaudeville. Yeah. <laughs> my mother the car <laughs> alright well I guess that'll wrap up modern. <laughs> that's true sorry I'm, a, I'm the rebel of the group I make, I make references to uh, late <laughs> young, young Alex Robinson here <laughs> uh, well that'll wrap up minute 127 and uh, hey uh, some exciting news from the world of Patreon everybody what um, we started a new brand new uh, tier uh, called Kanji Club. And if you join Kanji Club, you can get a signed, numbered, limited edition print by yours truly. And uh, I think the first one, the first series I'm going to do is going to be, uh, I'm going to do one print for each of the movies. So if you want to get on board with that, you can collect the, all 12 of them by the time I'm done. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, go check that out at uh, StarWarsMinute.com slash Patreon. Is that what it is, Pete? Yes. 
Okay. And, uh, and sign up for that. And uh, I'll see you at the post office for the next Star Wars Minute. Star Wars Minute. Didn't you guys used to say that at the same time? Once? Once? <laughs>